People are spinning up podcasts all over the place. Not all of them are still active. In excess of a third have stopped producing because it's something that we in the radio business intuitively know, but podcasters don't always know. And that is good content is hard. Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. The average morning show, the P1 listener is giving the average morning show somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 minutes of listen. So if you take a three-hour show, that's 180 minutes. So only 27% of the morning show is heard by a P1 listener. So what about surfacing your best content? And please, not all of your content. Brandwith On Demand, rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the media morphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. Steve Goldstein is recognized as an industry thought leader in audio programming and marketing, even in management. He's created and developed numerous successful radio brands in virtually every format he founded in helped grow local and national talent for both radio stations and networks. He was executive vice president, co-founder, and group program director for Saga Communications, and since 2015, he's been focused on all audio platforms with the foundation of his new firm, Amplify Media. He started in radio, and he now helps media brands to create, develop, and monetize original branded content on any number of different platforms. Oh, and your next podcast would be Brandwith On Demand, welcoming Steve Goldstein. Hey, Steve. Hey, and you know what's frightening? Here's what's frightening. My new company is six years old. Wow. Yeah. So I was doing podcasting when most broadcasters were giving me an eye roll. Yeah. So you've been a top broadcast innovator for a long time, and now, no surprise, you've kind of moved into audio innovation across all platforms. Can you give us a snapshot of the state of podcasting today and what it means for radio? Well, let's start with some box office numbers. There's, as of right now, about 900,000 podcasts. That's the bad news and the good news. It just means that people are spinning up podcasts all over the place. Not all of them are still active. Uh, probably in excess of a third have stopped producing because it's something that we in the radio business intuitively know, but podcasters don't always know. And that is good content is hard. It takes time, takes effort, costs money. And so spinning them up is easy. Keeping them going is hard. Uh, for a radio broadcaster, I mean, I have many thoughts on what broadcasters can do, but their skill set is often different than what works in podcasting. So they need to approach it differently, think about it differently. It's very different in terms of use. So, for example, radio is lean back. You know, we, we put the sportscast together for you uh, in podcasting. It's very intentional. People have to go find the podcast and download or listen to the podcast, depending on the platform. And that's intentional. They have to want to listen to it. So the content has to hit a higher bar. Yep. Yeah. So what can radio learn from the most successful podcasts? Yeah, so that's a good question. I think they are different in the sense that the product design is different. It can frequently be more dated content, meaning that it has a longer shelf life, which is different than broadcast radio generally. Um, it is often narrower 
in appeal just by definition. Radio is broadcast. Let's underscore the broad. And Mm -hmm. podcasts tend to be more narrow. So there are about 40 poker podcasts, and that number is growing. There are podcasts on every particular topic. So when radio thinks about what it's going to do, it needs to think about what marketplace is underserved that it can serve. But radio has something that is tremendously attractive to every podcaster, and that's the megaphone. They can promote things to an existing audience, and and that's of tremendous value. When you're seeing companies like iHeart investing in podcasting, uh, doing a really good job there, Intercom doing the same thing, and the notion is the synergy between podcast and broadcast. So it may not be that the broadcaster turns around and says, well, I got I have to start creating podcasts, although I do think that there's wisdom in that too. They do have other assets, and those are valuable in the podcast ecosystem. Well, Steve, realizing there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all strategy, what are some steps that a local radio operation should consider first, especially in light of today's reality of having a really small staff? Yeah, I think for a radio station that has strong content, meaning maybe a big morning show or a sports talk show, they should think about ways to surface that content before they go out and they create something entirely new, which will take time, effort, and staff and dollars. But I focus on what is happening on radio and the opportunity for time-shifted audio. So the average morning show, the P1 listener is giving the average morning show somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 minutes of listening. So if you take a three-hour show, uh, that's 180 minutes. So only 27% of the morning show is heard by a P1 listener. Forget the P2s and P3s. These are your fans and that's all they're getting to. So what about surfacing your best content and please not all of your content, which is what the default is for a lot of radio stations. Oh, we'll give you the whole three hour radio show. You could go through it. That doesn't seem to be viable. What about surfacing a couple of key bits? Good place to start. Mm -hmm. So in addition to time shifting, which to me is table stakes and first step, local podcasting is growing. It's growing rapidly. In any medium-sized, large-sized market, you will find that there are local podcasts that are geared with local content. I mean, Charlotte content for Charlotte is out there, and that's pretty exciting. Radio stations should be involved in that. They should be controlling that. Somehow, at the very minimum, I think those local podcasters, A, don't have the megaphone to cross-promote the content and have people become aware of it readily. And two, they don't have the ability to monetize it. So I do think that there's a potential relationship with local podcasters. People are doing it today. I think that's pretty interesting and sort of solves that low labor problem. If the staff isn't expansive enough, if you can run the, you know, the bowling ball down the hallway in the radio station, and of course you're going to get the eye roll when you say, hey, we'd love for you to also do a podcast. So in talking offline, Steve, you've also been noting some interesting patterns and perhaps even a misconception or two about smart speakers and their impact on real radio consumption. 
Can we dig into that just a little bit so you can tell us what you're seeing? Uh, well, so smart speakers are the fastest growing technology since a smartphone. Maybe everything needs to have the word smart in front of it. But smart speakers, there are about 100 million in the U.S. right now. They're in 25% of the households. Many households have more than one. This is fast growing. Now, radio people tend to equate that with radios. And they say, well, thank goodness, radios are back in the house. Give each other a high five, job well done. I don't think it's that simple. In fact, I think it's way more complex than that. Because if there were 50 stations in Grand Rapids, now if you have the smart speaker, there's those 900,000 podcasts, there's the giant streaming services from Amazon and Spotify and Apple and others, and then there's 100,000 radio stations available on TuneIn. There's just so much content available. And so radio stations seem to be self-congratulatory when they see data that says 24% of listening on smart speakers is to AMFM. So that sounds like it's a huge, fantastic growth category. But in fact, the streaming number for an average radio station has stayed about the same, and that's below 10% for the average radio station. So to offer perspective on that, 90% of the listening to a radio station is still done through an antenna somehow. And right. only less than 10% is digital. Mm -hmm. And then a subset of that is on the smart speaker. And it's just shifted from one device to another. So I don't think that it's a bad thing for radio. I just don't think it's solved a problem yet for radio. Sorry to be the dark guy. <laughs> what else is new? So reading your blog, Steen, which, by the way, we do link to in the show notes newsletter, you do note some interesting patterns and perhaps misconceptions about smart speakers and their impact on radio listening. So what are you seeing? Here's where radio can have a big win with podcast content and smart speaker content. If it is encoded, and it is encoded for most stations, and listened to within 24 hours, it's a creative. That's fantastic. Never yeah. had Never had a tool like that before. So yeah. we had a client, uh, WMMR in Philadelphia. Uh, we developed some skills for them, and they have a feature called the Bizarre Files. It is far and away their top feature on the morning show. They make the Bizarre Files available whenever people want to listen, not, not you know, at 6.30 and 8.30 in the morning. That's an opportunity, and they saw rating increases when they put it out there that way. That's pretty exciting. That is, yeah. Absolutely. He's one of media's A students. That's Steve Goldstein. Yeah. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us in the iTunes store. Or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps others discover Brandwidth On Demand. We're all about creating great media brands and then finding smart ways to use the bandwidth. Yeah, media strategies to keep you moving forward. Next up, Steve Goldstein shares his thoughts on opportunities hiding in plain sight. It was nice to talk to a fellow 80s kid. Yeah! Shout out to the staff and everybody there, and I love uh, this Throwback Nation. Hear the power of real human connection every night on Throwback Nation Radio. Get a free sample at throwbacknationradio.com. What is it that makes Music Master the favorite choice of radio programmers all around the world? Ask CKRM's Colin Lovequist. Music Master has just eased the workload and the stress, giving me more time to spend with the community. The real question is why will you choose Music Master? Find out at musicmaster.com. 
opportunities hidden in plain sight. Plain sight. Brandwood on demand. We're with one of media's very best and brightest, Steve Goldstein. Steve, what are some of the things you know now that you really wish you'd known way back in 2015 when you first starting Amplify Media? Yeah, I think I would have started up a production studio and sold it to Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had known that. I wish I had had the foresight. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I have learned is the low barrier to entry. It is not hard to start a podcast. You have a laptop, you have a couple of microphones. You can do, if you're good, really good content. So it's not the same, you know, since we're primarily talking to broadcasters here, as having that giant wall, that limited possibility of radio stations and radio station airtime. Here, if you have the idea to start that podcast on soccer, you can. And so the barrier to entry is so low, and I don't think I fully understood that. It was still a magical mystery box. And when I started uh, Amplify, the podcast app had just become uh, fixed on the Apple platform. So in other words, every phone had that little purple podcast app. That didn't exist before. So what happened quickly after I started the business was, people could find and listen to podcasts more readily. And consequently, a lot more people started doing podcasts. Our thanks to Steve Goldstein. He thinks about, writes about, and speaks about the world of digital audio. He's the expert in residence here at brandwithondemand.com. Our thanks to exec producer Cindy Huber for putting all the pieces together. And coming up... What do the new metrics mean for your ratings? We find out from media trend watcher and data guru, Buzz Knight. What's the real state of the industry? We find out from RAB president, Erica Farber. And next time, Brandbeth goes just a little bit country. What time is it? Showtime. It's showtime. Now comes the moment that you have all been waiting for. We're ready. Sam Alex. Sam Alex. This is the Sam Alex Show. Thank you so much for listening. BK, Brian Kelly from Florida George Line reveals his love story with his wife. Coming right up here on the Sam Alex Show. National radio superstar, now hosting Sun Broadcast Group Sam Alex Show. How'd you guess? Sam Alex joins us. That's a wrap, Dipper. You're not early, you're not late, you're right on time. We'll talk about that in the one-minute marketing, which you'll find in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wide. And in the end, the profits you take are built or redistribution of brand with on demand without the express written consent of the producers is greatly appreciated. Brandwood on demand. Not your average quarter hour. Dave Martin and Kipper McGee. Brandwood on demand.